Let's go, Spence. We're back with Ventura Forward, the podcast bringing you the tasty food, the good waves, and the righteous vibes as we continue to roll around the 805 and find those hot topic and cool buttons to press to bring our listeners the goods. We've been surfing. We've had some suds. We've done a lot of stuff. But now it's time to uh, talk about the sheriff. Sheriff is in town. Yes, we're calling this episode five the Sheriff Showdown on the microphone, of course. In this Ventura uh, 805 area and in the county, we have a really interesting conversation coming up with these elections, right? These are the elections that happen. I think they call them the primaries before you get into the generals. And this election is going to be happening here in June, just in the next couple weeks. So we've seen around count town the sign between Sheriff James Fryhoff, right, and William A. Youp. Okay, so we've taken the time to invite both these gentlemen in. They've accepted our request, and we have them both interview in Safe Studio today. Are you excited? I'm very excited. We have Jim sitting right here with us uh, for the first go-round. So Jim is here today. Mr. Five, welcome. I'm excited. Thank you very much for inviting me to be part of your show. This is awesome. Yeah, you know, Ventura Forward is a newer show to the podcast. We're getting out to the in community. We've talked about local businesses like we talked about. Today, it's about being yourself. You know, you have your website. You've had your campaign. You've been doing such a great job. I will say that with this candidacy from both candidates, it's been super professional to see out there. I'm, I'm here to take my time to learn because we've got two great candidates. And that's what we want the people in Ventura County to identify within this podcast is to give them more information to help them to find out who they want us leading our county and law enforcement. So today we're going to get a little bit about yourself, maybe identify about some of the questions that we have about basic how policing in the Ventura County, because we've got our different cities, but our county falls in different jurisdictions. So we'll do a little bit of that over 15, 20 minutes. And we'll have some unique, fun questions to learn more about you. Okay. So, Spence, what do you got? Quick question for him to start off? Well, first, uh, talking about the community, I was at the Wine Walk, which was also a, a big street party, and it was very well attended. I think we, we got out of our COVID haze, and people were finally so happy to be out there walking. And I saw you there in your booth. So, overall, look, you must have seen literally 20,000 people pass by. Absolutely. It was, it was a great, great event. You know, mm-hmm. and they had the Winter Wine Walk, which uh, I participated in as well. So, being able to just turn around and do a spring one was amazing. The weather was fantastic. And, and like, like you had said, with the signs, I can't tell you how many people that walked up and said, man, I see your signs everywhere. I figured I got to come find out a little bit more about you. So tell me about yourself. You know, So it was great turnout, perfect weather, great opportunity for people to see the vendors and like really what makes Ventura unique. And when you look at the, the questions that were coming, what were people hopeful about? What were they asking about? What did they seem somewhat concerned about? You know, the, their biggest question was, what's the difference between you and the, and the sheriff now? You know, Ventura County is a, is a safe, relatively safe county. And so why on earth do we need a change? And, you know, and what, do you, what are you all about? And so if you're prepared for me to go into that right now, I'll answer that question right now. Please. Let's so, give, us, give us the pitch. All right. So here's the deal. I've been a deputy for 31 years. I got hired on when I was 19 years old. And people can read my entire bio on the website. I don't want to take up your entire airtime with that. But really what makes me different is my engagement with the community. I've been a, a big proponent of working with the community to solve our problems rather than trying to do it on our own in law enforcement. We have to support the law enforcement officers that are doing the job, let our agencies work collaboratively together to keep our community safe, and partnering with our community. You know, there's nearly 900,000 residents here in Ventura County. We have 1,300 inmates in our county jail. Even if that was supposed to be double, that means there's about 897,000 people that are doing the right thing. Why are we not partnering with them, with you, to keep us safe. 
you know, the, the crime trends we're facing right now, face it, it's catalytic converter thefts, it's organized retail theft crews, the South American theft groups that are coming up doing residential and vehicle burglaries, the fentanyl just flooding into our area. Those are the things that we should be really focusing our energy and effort on. And as an organization, we haven't made that pivot yet. And I really think that having a strong community presence and being able to network with the community we serve is really what we're lacking. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to watch the debate between myself and the current sheriff, but one of the things that he had said was he didn't think that people should know who the sheriff is because he, so, he felt like somehow if you knew who the sheriff was, that meant crime was on a rise. Well, I think just the opposite. We are your public servants. And as the elected one, I am your representative to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep you safe. And not that I think that the current sheriff doesn't want you to be safe. I just think that the way they're going about it is not the best way to do it. And between us here and everybody listening, I tried to solve this internally. I tried to address it with the sheriff who would not hold his executive accountable. And when I met with the executive during our patrol briefing with all the patrol station captains and commanders, when I told him about this need to change this mindset, he said, you know, if you don't like it, there's an election every four years. And and Mr. Favre, that's what we've heard. I've heard that right there. What was it specifically that you asked to have changed within the department that you got a no response to? It was not focusing on just stats. Our organization currently under this leadership is more concerned about how many tickets the officers are writing and how many arrests they're making rather than outcomes. They're worried about inputs. We have people that need to go to jail and certainly we write tickets to prevent accidents. That's what we should be focusing on. But by having this demand and really ranking all officers across the station, no matter what shift they work, no matter what beat they work, no matter how much they're helping a family member or, or somebody who's going through an addiction problem, if they spend that extra time with them, they will actually get hurt on a promotional process or for putting in for jobs because they didn't make enough arrests or they didn't make the same arrests as their peers do. And what it does is it drives a separation from our officers so they don't get to be teammates together to help make our community safer. And worse yet, it puts them in a position of animosity with the community we're trying to serve. Mm. I would much rather have an officer be able to make the decision on the fly whether or not somebody needs a ticket or not. Are they going to learn from a warning or do they need a ticket? Uh, same thing with an arrest. Do I need to arrest this minor for this offense because I'm gonna get a stat for it or do I call the parents and say, hey, I've got Junior here, uh, would you like to come pick them up? When we take away that officer's discretion, it really hurts our ability to police effectively. And that's how I was raised in Thousand Oaks. That's exactly, now I know the population of Thousand Oaks when I was a kid was anywhere from 35 to 70,000 people. So very manageable compared to 120, 130, 140 that we have now. But we did have that relationship. And I did know for various reasons who the police officers were. And one of the things I, I saw, Jim, on your uh, bio, bicycle patrol was one of the things that you were a part of. And we've talked about this in the past on, on the uh, radio station. I am really a fan of, if it's economically possible, foot patrol, bike patrol, equestrian patrol, and all of that. Because I would rather have somebody say, there goes Officer Fryhoff, rather than there goes a cop. And I think with the, the face-to-face that you have... Uh, what do they call them at the uh, the the uh, remote stations? What do you call those? The extended satellite it. stations? Yeah, the satellite stations. Yeah. Huh? I really like that. They used to have one pop up here in Montalvo years ago, and it was great. You'd go by and say, hey, what's up? And you, you felt like you could shake a hand and say hello and know a name. And I'm definitely a fan, a proponent of what you said. I want to know who the sheriff is. I want to know who everybody is that I could meet by name and by face because I feel like that's part of the community. That is our role. And, and if you listen to Sir Robert Peel or you read anything about Sir Robert Peel, it's, his statement was this, the community are the police and the police are the community. 
The police just do it formally. So it's all of our job to keep our county safe. We are just going to do it on the official level. So you call 911 when you see something that's out of line and let us handle it. We have the training and the tools to navigate that. And when we are on bike and we are on foot and we have the time to talk to business owners because we're not being pushed for stats, we get to know people by name. And you're going to be more inclined to tell me what you're seeing so that I can use that information to be effective. Seems like a spirit and letter of the law type of argument. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We need to have the spirit of the law access for our officers because not everything needs to be treated as a nail. If you, if you, if you only give the officers a hammer as a tool, everything is seen as a nail. And I, I, know I don't want my family treated like a nail. I know you probably don't want your family and neighbors treated like nails. But we all want to be safe. And all of the officers here in Ventura County, Sheriff's Office, all the other police agencies, we all want to be safe too. Our families live here too. My wife and my kids live here too. 100% it's up to us to make sure we're working together to keep Ventura County one of the safest counties in the nation so we can raise our families here. That's what everybody here wants. And so correct me if I'm right here, so I'm saying that the main difference between what we described is you went to the uh, leadership of looking for new ways to police, right? Maybe creating new programs, new way to be inventive, to not just be what we've been in the past, hitting that same nail down. And those programs weren't really accepted. What were some of the programs specifically? Was it like ideas like more cops on bikes? Can you give just two quick examples or three examples of programs that, we're gonna, that you would like to implement if elected sheriff that you didn't think that that leadership was listening to you while you were suggesting them? So 100% is getting back together with the community. So being present at events where we are not there just as a centurion guard, but we are actually part of the community. And not just with these cities that we are providing police services for that contract with us. You know, and for those that, are, that don't know, there are 10 incorporated cities in Ventura County. Five of them have their own police department and five of them contract with the sheriff. So Thousand Oaks, Camrio, Moore Park, Fillmore, and Ojai all contract with the sheriff to provide police services. The other cities, Ventura, Oxnard, Simi Valley, Wyanimi, and uh, Santa Paula all have their own police departments. But all of us need to work together. And when they have an event in Santa Paula, we need to have representatives from the sheriff's office there as well because the sheriff is the sheriff for all of Ventura County. That's why everybody in Ventura County gets to vote for the county sheriff mm -hmm. because I am the elected official responsible for the entire county. It's up to me to then work with all these other agencies to be successful and to have all of our officers work jointly to keep us safe. How many officers is that? So 750 within the sheriff's office and then collectively between the other agencies, probably close to 500. I was looking at some of the stats. Average annual calls, 94,638. It's a lot of phones ringing. <laughs> uh, residents served, 854,223. Civilian volunteers, this is nice. I hope it's a good number, 1,043. Like to see that grow? We, I would love to see our volunteer programs grow. That was one of the things that I helped uh, develop and, cult and cultivate while I was in Thousand Oaks. We had a volunteer and policing program that was started before I got there. One of the best programs ever allowed people to really be involved with the community. Most of we were retired. We have we had one who was a, a rocket scientist, was a one of our volunteers. They come out and do the vacation house checks. They're an extra set of eyes and ears. They're a friendly face that gets to wave that's driving a, a, a quasi-police car. You know, it's obviously not black and white. It's got orange lights on it, but they help us with our traffic accident control. And it really becomes a force multiplier that doesn't cost us much, right? We help them pay for uniforms and we pay for the vehicles. But the human being that's working is volunteering their time because they want to give back to their community. One of the things that I would like to see come back to Ventura County is our reserve program also. You know, we don't have a local reserve program anymore. I know there's some challenges with putting it together, but I think if we there's a, a demand for it 
and I think that people want to help their community, there's an opportunity for you to do law enforcement part-time. And we're going to be able to do that more effectively if we have a reserve academy locally. Speaking of that cross-collaboration with the county and the city police departments, I think that's so vital if you hit right here in the heart of the city of Ventura, which seems to be the county seed, right? We have the hospital. We have the government center where we know the jail is at. Look at the homeless and the vagrants count lately. We look at the number of Ventura and Oxnard. A lot of that is attributed to these outside county agencies from cities bringing these into the jail system. They're being released back into our city. I talked to our police department about this. I know you're very well as too, Mr. Freihoff. Please give me a little bit of the collaboration that you can bring as the county sheriff to help the community of Ventura, especially the east side, because this has become a problem where we feel that we're bearing the burden, being a resident on the east side of Ventura, for the county's criminals because they come to our jails and they're really affecting our schools, our beaches, and our businesses. What can you do to help us help Victoria Road in this area? So let me tell you what I did that should have helped and then things that I have now forced the sheriff to start that I'm going to make better. So when I was in Thousand Oaks as the assistant chief, I created a vulnerable population position. I took an officer that was assigned to my directed enforcement team and I said, I know you signed up for something different, but literally the number one complaint I'm getting from the residents in Thousand Oaks is about homelessness. So we need to do something different than having the officers go out there and handle them individually without having really a, a unified response. And as you mentioned, the majority of the services that help those who are experiencing homelessness are not in those outlying areas. They are in Ventura, whether it's Behavioral Health, the Veterans Affairs Administration, a lot of those other organizations reside here in Ventura. And it's not exactly safe for your average citizen to walk into a homeless encampment. So what I told my vulnerable population officers, your job is to get to know all the services the county has to offer, the Veterans Affairs Administration, Behavioral Health, and all the nonprofits, non-government organizations, church groups that have some stake in providing services get them in a room together, find out what they do, and start bringing those services to our folks that are experiencing homelessness in Thousand Oaks so we can start dealing with the issue there so they don't end up here in Ventura, so they don't commit crimes. But it's a, it's a two-edged effort. One, we're going to provide you services. Yep. Number two, we're going to hold you accountable. Right? We have an expectation that you are not going to set illegal fires, that you're not going to use drugs, that you're not going to be fighting with any, anybody else or, or assaulting anyone. And those that do, do get arrested. But we have First, we're offering that carrot. Hey, listen, we want to help you. We're going to try and get you reconnected with your family, get connected with services so they get off the street, so they don't cause problems for the rest of our business owners and our residents. When I went to Ojai as the chief of police up there, I oversaw a very small station by comparison to, you know, Thousand Oaks is our largest contract city. Ojai is our smallest contract city. I didn't have extra personnel to pull. So I told officers, in addition to your normal duties, you're going to get to know our homeless people here and get them connected with services in Ojai. Call the person from Thousand Oaks, find the county resources and get them up here. Work with the nonprofits and non-government organizations and get them connected. And at the same time, hold them accountable. And so I'll give you an example. Uh, Libby Park is a central park in Ojai. Uh, we had numerous uh, homeless individuals that had taken over the gazebo in the park. And I went over and made it very clear. I said, listen, I'm, you're not going to be allowed to sit here and drink in public. You're acting, you're causing a problem for the community who's trying to enjoy the park. There's families over here. They don't want to see and hear you saying obscene things and drinking in the park. I go, so you need to find someplace else to be. And they said, well, you can't kick us out of here. I said, you're right, it's a public park. I can't kick you out of here. But what I can do is enforce the laws that I have at my disposal, and I'm going to, starting tomorrow. Well, the next day, sure enough, they were there in the gazebo, drinking in public, and they all got arrested. The very next day, a different group, drinking in public, they all got arrested. The next day, the gazebo was empty, the city pressure washed it, 
and we reclaimed the park for the community. Now, did they magically go away? Did they stay in Ventura? No, because I see them up there. They, most of them are, are residents from that area, and that's true for the majority of our homeless is they are from the area. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to go in an area where they most likely feel comfortable. And then I uh, had another group that was associating with the uh, Miners Oaks Library. They would go there when it closed at night. And they would hang out there and they would leave their trash and the neighbors were getting upset because they were leaving messes behind. They could hear them at night making noise. I think, why are they choosing that? I mean, there's a lot of dark places in Ohio to go hang out. And I know the library closes early, but why there? And I thought about it. Well, they all have phones. You know what the library has? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Mm. That's right, Spence, Wi-Fi. So I asked the library director, I said, hey, do you, think you, uh, do you leave your Wi-Fi on all night? He goes, yeah, we do. I said, can you turn it off when you leave at five? And he goes, absolutely. As soon as he turned it off, they all left. That's such a remarkable, and that's what happened here at, at our offices, 2284 South Victoria. That's where we record the podcast. We had all these outlets. And I would come up sometimes, there'd be somebody sleeping here, there, and there. And one of our geniuses on board said, well, let's just take care of that. And we pulled all of them. Complete reduction because we weren't offering services for them. I'd like to continue with the uh, uh, the angle that Spencer took there. I was looking on the uh, sheriff's site. Uh, inmate program graduates, 653. Seems like a good number. We always look at what's the point of an arrest if somebody doesn't have to do their whole time, and what's the point of doing time if somebody doesn't learn something while they're there. And it's the interesting thing, the dynamic of a prison, of holding somebody for any amount of time at all. If they just leave angry because that much time was taken out of their life and they have nothing, no skill or no direction, the Workforce Development Board is one agency that helps with this. What would be your plan if you could work in the community to not only make sure people who do the time serve, you know, do the crime, do the amount of time they're supposed to, and also once they get out, they might have a new look. No, absolutely. Having a skill so that you have a job opportunity is going to be important. We, we don't have very many low-level offenders in our county jail anymore, and this was because of the uh, AB 109, which was the realignment, if you remember, when that three-judge panel said our state prison system was tantamount to a cruel and unusual punishment. And so what they did is they created this non-non-non category of felonies. Typically, felons would go to state prison. Now, if it's a non-violent, non-sexual offense, not serious felony charge, they can do their time in county jail. Our jails were built to house people for one year, misdemeanors. We now have a lot that are doing way longer than one year in our county jail, which is unfortunate for two, two reasons. One, one is our facility was not built for that. Two, we have people in our care for a lot longer, actually, than three. The people that are low-level offenders are not facing consequences because we don't have any room for them. The benefit of it is, because we have people for longer, there's a better opportunity now to provide some skills training because we're going to have them longer than a few days that we can get them a skill training if they want to participate in it. Here's the challenge, getting them to want to participate in the training so they can have a job when they get out and having employers who are willing to take a chance on somebody who has been to jail. And there are many employers here in Ventura County who have taken chances on people. I've talked to several business owners in this uh, uh, campaign of mine that are happy to give people a, an opportunity. And they're just looking for somebody who's looking to improve themselves, wanting to give back, and they're going to work hard and be respe respectful of the business owners. And I think there's an opportunity for us to work with those businesses to find out what skills they would like to see these inmates have and then work with our inmate services program staff to make sure those skills are being provided so they can get out and have a job when they do get out. All right, this has been good. Wow, this has been just soaking it all in. It's good to hear all the, the solid information that you have, uh, Jim, about the county. You know, it's just rewarding again to see how the hard work you go. You know, like I'm thinking right now, win or lose, we got a good guy on our side. You know, all the work you've done, I'm just, I'm really happy for that. So thank you. 
And that's where we're here again today about Ventura Vibes. Let's check. Let's change it up a little bit and go with some fun questions. Uh, this part of the show is brought to you by uh, Ventura Real Estate Company. Thank you for our proud sponsors. If you need a house or a sale, call Ventura Real Estate Company. I'll give you the number there. But I'm going to go into 10 questions right now. Quick hitters, maybe one or two sentences that we're going to both ask you and Sheriff Ayub. Okay. Something I think can give you a little identity to who you are and stuff about the community. Um, so we'll get those fired off right now. Spence, you ready for these? Go. Number one, what did you have for breakfast this morning? I had a protein shake. Protein shake. See, look at that. That's good. What, what, what we, I had a sandwich, a delightful sandwich that you made, Spencer. It was Thank egg you. and uh, ham, I believe. Yes, it was. That's very yeah. good. I think awesome. And a protein. I had protein, too. Yeah. Number two, we're going to go to, where did you grow up? I grew up in Pasadena. You grew up in Pasadena? Yeah. Excellent. And uh, Were you a, what, Burbank Bulldogs? Pasadena? Pasadena Bulldogs is where I graduated. Pasadena okay. High Bulldogs, yeah. And then question I went to Pasadena City College. You All would right. think that we worked together because question three is, what high school did you graduate from? Graduated from Pasadena High. That's always kind of something fun. It's like, where did you kind of grow up? And then you also graduated in the same area. So you kind of grew up your whole life in Pasadena early? Yes. Awesome to know for our Southern California guys who grew up here. Appreciate that. Uh, when you go to a Dodger game, what section do you prefer to sit in? And then when you do, when you go to the snack bar, what do you come back to your seat holding? Great question. So I, um, I sit wherever I get invited to go who's got tickets <laughs> because I'll go with anybody that has one. I haven't bought a ticket to, to a game in a long time. I um, just haven't. So it's whoever invites me. Sure. And I come back with anything that's gluten-free. I'm allergic to wheat. So I'm very limited on what I can eat. Um, when I go out now, I have to ask a thousand questions myself when I get to a restaurant, especially a snack, a snack stand. So typically, I'll walk away with an iced tea. Really? Wow. Because <laughs> they're not serving protein shakes. And if they did, they'd be $28. <laughs> and they would be. And you know, and if I wanted an ice cold beer, I can't have it because there's wheat in beer. In beer. Okay. Oh, maybe. We got to get all the Dodgers to get them with a gluten-free beer. Whatever happened to gluten? This didn't exist when I was a child. But yeah, now we just, have gluten issues. Yeah, that's the, issues. Well, gluten is the protein in wheat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and for years I'd had uh, stomach issues. And, and people didn't know why? And I didn't know why. And I finally went to a doctor who figured out what the issue was. And I feel amazing ever since I cut out wheat. Oh, how many years ago was that? Ten years. Might Ten have years. to give that a shot. Good idea, Spencer. I think I will. I'm going to roll with that. What well, else, Spencer? Okay. When was the first time that you remember being involved as a public servant? So I started as a cadet in Pasadena in law enforcement. So I was 18 years old when I got hired. Okay. Um, I, wa- I had known my entire life I wanted to be in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. And my dad was the ROP director in L.A. County, and he knew the chief of police in Monrovia. So I went to the Explorer program. In the evening, I sat through their meeting and said, okay, if you want, this is something you want to do. You need to buy a uniform, boots, belt, flashlight, jacket. It was like $400 worth of stuff, you know. And I, I'm big, ear, grinning ear to ear on the way out to the car. And we get to the car, and my dad says, hey, just, you know, we can't afford that. So I didn't get to be an explorer because we could not afford the uniforms. Now, fun story is when I became sergeant in Thousand Oaks, when I was in charge of crime prevention, I oversaw our explorer program. And I also worked with the police foundation. And I went to the police foundation and said, I need you to earmark some money for me so that if I ever have a, a child who comes and wants to be an explorer, yeah. they don't get turned away because they can't afford it. Do you use it ever? We never had to use it because we did cool. a really good job of keeping uniforms from kids that, that left the program, and they would just have to be tailored. The only thing that most people had to come in and buy was boots. Uh, your father was a great segue to the next question. Who inspired you most in your life to believe the person you are today? B- both my mom and dad. I mean, we were, they were very involved. Um, you know, we didn't come from a law enforcement family mm-hmm. at all. My dad was a, a teacher, and like I said, he went on to work for the county office of our education when he retired. 
and my mom was an administrative assistant at the City of Hope in Duarte, the Cancer Research Hospital. So, um, you know, they were they were involved. They both both working parents. So we were you know, it was a latchkey kid. So, but they were really you know wanted me to be successful. They knew I always wanted to get in law enforcement. I think my mom may have had a hope that I would change my mind at some point, and fearing that you know something could happen. Obviously now. You know, you fast forward six years after I got hired, I was involved in a shooting where my mm-hmm. partner was murdered. And so, you know, those nightmares of her thoughts of law enforcement were almost almost came true. So thank you for sharing. And you got the Medal of Valor for that. I did receive the Medal of Valor for that. Yes. Do you have any pets at home? No, no pets. No Probably pet. allergies. We, 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 we try, you know, recently we tried with a dog and uh, we had uh, way more allergies than our family could tolerate with with the dog. Now, I know they have hypoallergenic Mm-hmm. dogs which we may consider to do but right now with the uh, campaign in full swing it would be unfair to any animal right now to have one at my house because we're just not home my, my daughters are very involved in helping us with the campaign they do all the precinct walking with us um, they're both in high school one's 17 one's 15 and so they're very excited for this campaign and the process and helping as well what was your friend's reaction when you said you were going to go into police work were your friends like what they were very supportive i mean i mm. i the, the crowd that i hung around with they were they it wasn't shocking to any of them that okay. i wanted to get into law enforcement so there was not nobody that was like wow really that's what you want to do everybody was very supportive interesting was uh you know when facebook first came out and i joined i had a, a high school classmate who reached out to me and uh asked who, if this you know if i was one that went to pasadena high and i said oh my god i recognized her name right away and i go hey stranger how are you and she's like it is you and she goes, I just wanted to apologize. I never filled out the form that the county sent on your background because I was afraid that you would get hurt. And so I did not want you to get in law enforcement because I didn't want anything to happen to you. Wow. So she goes, she was, full disclosure, I'm like, hey, I, I forgive you for not turning mm-hmm. in the form, obviously. <laughs> Number one, I got hired anyway. And number two, you're right, you were very close. I almost didn't uh, survive this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you said mentioned wife and two children. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Political party. Do you have a registered political party? I get asked that a lot. Do you I, have- do, I, I do. So I, I always start off with saying this. The office of the sheriff is nonpartisan. We provide public safety to everyone. And when I say everyone, I mean everyone in the county. But I am a registered Republican. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for saying that. A uh, little quick question closer to home. Living in the river bottom, do you find it acceptable for people and human beings to live in the river bottom? No, I, I think that we need to find a better alternative. The river bottom is our is our waterways. Um, I've you know having been in the river bottom between Ojai and Ventura and seeing the encampments that are set up, it's uh, it does cause um, issues and trash and debris and and really an unsafe environment for for others. But until we come up with a better solution for homelessness, you know I don't know where else they're supposed to go. And I think that as a state. When you keep looking at the surplus the state keeps talking about, I really think that our counties could benefit from that surplus to help not only those who are homeless or unhoused now, but really getting to the root of the issues that lead to homelessness, such as mental health Mm -hmm. and substance abuse. And if we don't want to be talking about homelessness in 20 or 30 years from now, we need to do something better on the front end so that they don't become untreated later on and end up homeless. Two more quick ones. True or false, Mr. Freihoff, that the other cities in the county can help the city of Ventura with their social services? True or false, can the other cities in the, in the county help us with our social services? I was talking about dispersing our social services. I'll give you an example. 
In our permanent housing vouchers for the current county right now, 70% of those vouchers are redeemed in the city of Ventura when we accumulate close to 12% of the overall population. My question is this, why does the county keep adhering to these vouchers in our city, even if there's partnership with the city is, do you believe like basically the, the true would be can Thousand Oaks, can Moore Park, who just came out with single digit homeless numbers, do you believe Camarillo can help the city of Ventura move forward in solving these problems? I think that the county needs to work together. I think that you, when you look at the county seat and all the agencies that are within Ventura County, we all have a stake in it, as you mentioned, when um, those experiencing, experiencing homelessness get arrested in one city, transported to Ventura, and then never go back, Ventura may be disparately affected and as a result. And so the county and the other cities need to talk about what that partnership looks like to make sure that it's not there's a, not a disparity. Obviously during the pandemic, Thousand Oaks was a participant in Project Room Key, and we had people from all over the county that were also in our hotels out there during the pandemic, those experiencing homelessness, because the CDC had said you cannot move homeless encampments during the pandemic because they didn't want to use that as an opportunity to spread the virus. And mm -hmm. so they were really hamstrung on being able to move encampments. Uh, and, they, and then they offered Project Room Key to those that were experiencing homelessness. And Thousand Oaks was one of the cities that actually had a hotel that was responsive to not just Thousand Oaks, but other areas in the Canal Valley. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Last one is this. What can you tell the people one more unique thing about you? Other than other than that's like being politics, like, you know, you, do you consider yourself a politician? No. I didn't think so. No. <laughs> so along those lines, what is something unique that we can know about you that's out of the political realm? Well, that's a great question. I haven't had anybody ask that. Um, the... Uh, I'm the only current employee of the sheriff's office that attended the FBI National Academy. Hmm. Uh, it's a 10-week program in Quantico, Virginia, where I, I lived in, in Virginia on the base with 225 officers from 23 countries around the world and nearly all 50 states. Uh, this was in 2015, and my wife let me go for two and a half months with her with the two children at home. And I had a great experience being able to talk to all these officers from around the world about policing and about how we can work together and share information. And this is something that Hoover had created, you know, many, many years ago, knowing that crime doesn't stop at boundaries. And so the more that we engage, much like I'm talking about with working with our local law enforcement is on a much more national and worldwide level is, you know, I, I have a network, not just of those 225 officers, but anybody who's ever attended the FBI National Academy, I have a registry. So I have the largest law hmm. enforcement network at my fingertips. That I can Remarkable. call to, to be able to help and share. Let's wrap up that. those questions there. Thank you so much. Those are going to be asked. Uh, uh, current sheriff AU right there, Mr. Fry. Have you took my questions? I appreciate your time for coming into Ventura for a podcast. Spence, what do you got for me? Let's wrap this thing up quick, huh, buddy? Or, or take your time, I mean. I just want to hit one more on please. demographics. And that's uh, a police force that represents the community. Now, one of the issues we have today, and I have kids. I'm an old daddy. I got a 14-year-old and a 19-year-old. I have friends that have grandkids that are older than my kids, which is spooky. But... We do get questions from the kids occasionally, and we heard the all cops are bad when, you know, yep. these movements like that, that gain a whole lot of energy. So when we're speaking to the kids, how do you reach out to the kids to show them that you're a dad with two kids and a wife and a family? What would be not only to reach the children so they don't get corrupted, and I, I believe that's a corruption of the kids' mindset on police work, but the other one, too, is to make sure that Latinos, that African-Americans, that, uh, you know, Asians, everybody in the community, men and women both, feel that these police officers represent who I am in my heart and my, the, my thoughts and my faith. Great question. So it's going to take a little bit longer than one minute to answer. Just okay, so bear, bear, bear with me on this. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. 
if we get back to our community partnerships that we need to, bike patrol, foot patrol, letting officers not just be driven on stats, but on outcomes, they're going to spend more time with members of our community and by partnering with all the other cities in the county and having representation there, we're going to see a much more diverse population in our county who are going to hopefully then be more interested in working for law enforcement. Now, my niece, who is a freshman at Penn State, right after George Floyd, did not have very many nice things to say about law enforcement on her social media post. My brother called her up and said, do you know what your uncle Jimmy does for a living? And she goes, yes. She, he goes, do you think that of him, what you just wrote? And she goes, no. He goes, then take it down. She was falling into this trap of wanting to be with her friends and say not so nice things about law enforcement. Now, law enforcement's not perfect. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But I took that as a challenge to get to start talking to kids about what we do and why we're not the enemy. So I reached out to the Youth Commission, the Student District Advisory Committee, and our youth and government groups in Thousand Oaks when I was the chief. And I did Zoom meetings with them during the pandemic so they could ask me any question they wanted about policing and why we're not the enemy and why we're on their side and how they can help us keep Ventura County safe. That is what we're going to do to be able to include our youth in making Ventura County better. And that's how we're going to have a diverse representation here in Ventura County. Well, I've been here my entire life and I plan on staying here. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I think uh, as we're going to wrap this up for the Ventura Forward is, is there anything else that we want to give you maybe 30 more seconds or a minute to say to wrap it up? You know, give you that open mic just one more time. We ask the questions. You take control over it now. This is Ventura County right there for you. This is what we do. Here it is. If you're looking forward to have law enforcement who is on your side, working together to keep Ventura County safe, you're going to vote Jim Fryhoff for sheriff on June 7th. You'll get your mail-in ballot starting May 10th. Vote Jim Fryhoff. I'm endorsed by our Deputy Sheriff's Association, Oxnard, Wyanimi, Santa Paula, and Simi Valley Police Officers Associations as well, many of the city councils, because we're ready for a change. Jim Fryhofer, Sheriff, thank you very much for your time, both of you. That's Ventura, episode four, Ventura four, wrapping it up. Jim Fryhofer, Sheriff, that's going to be a fun throwdown with the sheriffs. Thank you, Spence, again for the microphone. I'm so privileged to talk about episodes five and six for Ventura Forward's podcast. You're going to hear both of these recordings we're talking about at the end of episode five and six, because that's how fair and transparent we wanted to be, Spence. That's right. And we had both. Oh, fuck. Okay. So uh, uh, if we say you're hearing, because the way, Go ahead. is this the intro or is this the outro? I think, we can, I think this is the outro. The outro. Yeah. Okay, so cool. we, we would be saying thank you for what you heard. Please listen to both. Because okay. my only concern is somebody, oh, I'm going to listen to the Fryhoff one. But I, I want to stress that we want to see equal listenings between both. So sure. if we say closing it out, and we really appreciate you listening to both candidates, that's the point. Thank you. Right, here we go. Three, two, one. Wow, what a robust conversations we just had with both Sheriff Will Ayub and also candidate for Ventura County Sheriff Jim Fryhoff in these special episodes five and six with Ventura Forward, bringing two different podcasts, trying to be transparent and giving the information that we need to help voters find the way that they want to vote for their sheriff. And we really appreciate the fact that you listen to both conversations. Don't just pick the candidate you like. Please listen to both because you, you could get turned. Both were very eloquent and very open to all of our questions, and we do appreciate that. Once again, as Spencer said, Bill Ayub, Jim Fryhoff in studio with us. Now we have those two podcasts on Ventura Forward. Remarkable, Spencer. 
Let's do it. Spence in there here again. We feel so special to be here to have this Ventura Vibes attitude. For some of our beginner listeners, yes, we started off with a quick little name. We taught Ventura Vibes because we were a little ahead of ourselves, right? Spence having fun. And we found that other great people in the community had already used that name because we're all sharing that vibe. And as we say, our personal frothing at the stoke. And so if you're wondering what our name is, we're going to move forward with an attitude we've created called Ventura Forward. Yes, in any capacity, you can use your goods and your special services and talents to help move Ventura forward. And that's what we're here to do, to share that information with events, personalities, individuals, businesses. We're really here to help share your story and promote the community. That's what we're doing, and that's what we would like to hear from you, too. If you have suggestions, hit us up. And we'll talk to the folks in the community that you would like to be exposed. We love to hit music. We like to hit local activities, politics, too. Uh, We'll reach out to anyone about anything in this great community. And two of our great sponsors who have already jumped in with Ventura Ford. We're going to give a big shout out to the Ventura Music Hall located on Thompson Boulevard, bringing in great acts from all over the world to the 805. Please check out their social media stuff. If you have questions, ask us up. And we're giving away tickets to all their shows in the upcoming. So DM us, message us, and fast that up. And then also the Ventura Real Estate Company. Thanks for your sponsor. Let's get over to our more episodes coming forward. This is five and six. We're going to roll them out every week. So download that podcast, like it, comment, and we'll look forward to seeing you out there in the stove. Let's go, Spence. (laughs) 